You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. We are back and we are better than ever. We've been doing a series on a proper understanding of grace and repentance. We've been talking about that. We did hyper grace two weeks ago. We did biblical repentance last week, and now we're going to do seven fruits of repentance today. I'm excited for that. But first, first, it is time for our segment, Rate That. Rate That. It is time for Rate Rate That. that. Carbonated water. Here we go. Here we go. What do we got today, Reg? Week two, we are going with the Big Y Raspberry Seltzer. Couple yeah, reasons. Yeah, we are. This this is great. Couple reasons. Pastor Joey walked in. He was like, "Oh, that's pretty generic." You know, yeah, why I did. Are we I was a little that? confused. A little confused. Few reasons. One, it's a seltzer. Last week we had a spark, sparkling water, so we're gonna we're gonna get a seltzer in this week. It's fair. Um, I really like raspberry flavored stuff, and that's as far as I'll go right now until we try it. All right. I was going to say that's a pretty underwhelming reason, like, okay. but okay. All right. Wanna, here's what we're going to do for the, for the apple, right? We had the nice crisp when you, when you bit into it in the microphone, you could yeah, hear yeah, it. Yeah. We're going to do a little, right. a little crack into the mic here. I feel it more appropriate for you to crack them open. Okay. I don't know why. I but, mean, oh, I you don't have a, yeah. All right. Really all right let's, let's maybe, uh, it's going to be me. Let's see. Ready? Here we go. Ooh! Yeah, we did. That was that was crispy. That's nice. All right, I'll let you go for a okay. little pour. Let's see what the color's like. I'm curious. I mean, it's clear. That's good. Yeah. Some, some like seltzers aren't like they have like like uh, colorings and stuff like that, mm. which is good. That, I'll give it. I'll give it like plus like point one for that. Okay. All right. Here we go. It smells smells kind of like cough medicine. It tastes like that cough is exactly why I chose this one. Oh it does my not taste gosh. Like raspberry. That is terrible, right? <laughs> it's awful. This tastes like straight Robitussin. I I I had the first one and I was like, "That's cherry, cough medicine," and oh I gosh. like I'm so excited for a, ra- a nice raspberry seltzer, and then I get a cherry cough medicine. That was amazing, Ben. You set that up perfectly. Thank you, thank you. I, I, when I <laughs> smelled it. I was like, this literally, like, I smelled this. You guys heard me before I even tasted it. I smelled it, and I said, this smells like cough or cough medicine. That is brutal. It's but not good. It, oddly, I want to, like, I, I took two sips. I don't know why. I mean, I've, I've had the whole can before, you know. Like, it's drinkable. It's just, it, it's upsetting because it doesn't taste like raspberry. I, I'll tell you this. This is one of the strongest flavored seltzers I've ever had. But not in a good, good. way. The carbonation's good. good. It's let me. I need to get another one for yeah. carbonation. So, that's the thing, really. Is, yeah, is that good. like the carbonation's like pretty much exactly where I want it to be? I would agree. A seltzer. Um, it's pretty strong, but the flavor is just just terrible. Like the carbonation for me. Yeah. I'll go ahead and rate it. Carbonation for me is probably like an eight or a nine. Yeah. But the flavor is just. It's it's a one and here's why it's because 
<laughs> it's I don't like cherry, but it's it's so upsetting that it's supposed to be raspberry. And oh it's just yeah, cherry cough medicine. That's Absolutely. terrible. That's awful. You, you have to understand that if it said cherry on the right. can, you can't you can't be upset. Yeah. But like you could be upset that it tastes like cough syrup. Like yeah. that's like not where it's at. But what what are you giving it? I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah, th this is really bad, guys. Like, I would get it just to, like, don't get a full pack, just yeah. get a can. It came in a 12-pack. I'm not even through it. Bro. I know. Don't get a 12-pack. Maybe get, like, for a party, get a 12-pack. Let all your friends try it and talk about how terrible <laughs> it is. Um, I think four was nice. I think yeah. that... Honestly, I think that a three, the only thing that gives it a three is really it's carbonation. It's, carbonation. Yeah. it's, it's wrongly advertised. It yep. doesn't taste good. You're right. Four and was, four was generous. Yeah. Like it's like a three, three. Yeah. like, and it's a three because the carbonation is like perfect, yeah. nearly perfect. If, yeah. it, if the carbonation was a five, this would be like a one or a two. Yeah. So yeah, not a good, not a nope. good seltzer, not a good carbonated right. water. Don't try it. Don't try it. Uh, actually try it. But like, then just throw it away. Then just throw it away. Like, I, I, I kind of like, like, I don't know why. Like, it's fun to try bad stuff sometimes and just talk about how bad it is. But it, if not, no. Just no. don't. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed that. Let's, um, let's hit a little uh, recap from last week. Last week, we talked about biblical repentance. And I am getting a phone call, but I'm going to let it go to voicemail. Praise God. <laughs> Uh, but um, repentance is the Greek word metanoia. Metanoia. It means to change your mind. To change your mind. And so what you need to do when it comes to uh, repenting is you have to change your mind. And I did a full teaching on repentance last week. If you did not watch my teaching on repentance last week, in my opinion... It was the best podcast that we've ever done, and I think it will bless you. I think it will bless you. Um, we did Hyper Grace the week before. That was a good one, too. But the one on repentance was powerful, and I think it will bless some people that listen to it and help you literally change your mind about sin. Change your mind. So we, we focused last week on the text in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 9. And it said this, I'm trying to pull it up and I, I have my Bible here, but honestly, I just think that, uh, the NIV does, um, does it better than the, the NLT in this scenario, man, my mouth just tastes like cough syrup right now, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to get serious here. I'm not going to joke around, but man, my mouth just tastes like cough syrup. Uh, that was the good thing about the seltzer la or the, the carbonated water last week. It was, uh, it was much better tasting. Anyway, 2 Corinthians 7, 9, if you have your Bible, I'm going to actually start in verse 8. It says, even though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret, regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. So watch this. The Apostle Paul was not, was not, uh, was saying that he's not happy that you were made sorry. No. He was happy that your sorrow led you to repentance. Huh. 
So it's not that we're sorrowful when we sin. It's that when we sin, that our sorrow, that it leads to repentance. It's not enough to just be sorry about your sin. We need to actually have a sorrow that leads to repentance. And last week I broke down the different types of sorrow and godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow. But that's not the point of what we're talking about today. That was just to catch you up to speak to where we were at in 2 Corinthians 7. So once you repent, once you change your mind, what are you going to, what should follow? What are fruits that should follow genuine repentance? Genuine repentance. First, well, before I say that, there are seven fruits of genuine repentance. There are seven fruits of genuine repentance. And remember as I read these, that the Corinthians received a letter from Paul correcting them about what they did wrong. So prior to Paul writing 2 Corinthians, he wrote a letter in between 1 and 2 Corinthians that is not, that's not considered scripture. It's not in the canon of scripture. But he wrote a letter in between correcting them in regard to something. We're not certain what that correction was about, but it was certainly the Corinthians did something wrong and Paul was correcting them. Some have suggested that it was because they were openly mocking Paul and uh, speaking critically of him uh, in the church, or there was someone there doing that, and the Corinthians did nothing about it. That's an option. Uh, But uh, they did something wrong. So this is all written in the context of them having a repentant attitude for the sin that Paul rebuked them for. So what, what is the first fruit of genuine repentance? The first fruit is earnestness. Earnestness. I'm going to read you the actual, the actual text here. I'm going to pull it up. I want to read it in the NIV. I like, it. I like this text better in the NIV. 2 Corinthians 7.11. 7.11. A little slurpy action or something like that. I don't even know if people have 7.11s anymore. We have one like down the road, but like, it's not that special anymore. Like there's like Cumberland Farms, Wawa, all that stuff. But 2 Corinthians 7.11, I hope that gave you time to turn there. It says, see what this godly sorrow has produced in you. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. Remember, the godly sorrow is what leads to repentance. What earnestness, earnestness, That's kind of a mouthful. Earnestness. This is dedication to do what is right. See, the church at Corinth, they were having dedication to now do what was right. When people repent, we should desire and be dedicated um, to, to live right, to be earnest. If someone has genuinely repented, someone has genuinely had godly sorrow that leads to repentance, they should have a desire now to do what is right. To do what is right. You know, if somebody repents, but they just don't care about doing, doing right after they repent, that's not true repentance. You should, be, you should be like, man, I repented. I changed my mind, right, about sin. I changed my mind. And now I desire to, be, to uh, have earnestness or to do what is right. That should follow anybody that genuinely repents, the desire to do what is right. You know, you you repent, somebody comes to, you know, a youth camp, they repent, 
Somebody goes to a service and they repent for something that they've been doing wrong. And then after service, you talk to them and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I just, you know, got right with God. I repented for, for uh, you know, uh, alcoholism or something like that. Or, you know, I repented because I've been vaping, smoking weed, doing that type of stuff. And then they're like, yeah, but you know, uh, honestly, I think I'll probably do it again in a couple hours. That's not genuine repentance. And people will fight you on this. Well, maybe they, you know, I think they did repent. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. If, they've, if they have it determined in their heart immediately after they repent that they're going to go do it again, that's not genuine repentance because their mind hasn't changed. I'm not saying that if someone that, you know, is, uh, deals with uh, alcoholism or someone that is, uh, you know, dealing with a sin in their life, that if they repent, and then they, they fall into it again at some point in their life. I'm not saying they didn't genuinely repent in that moment. I'm talking about literally you just repented two seconds ago and you're already like, yeah, I'm going to do it again, like in a couple minutes or something like that. That's not genuine repentance. I believe that, that Jesus can break the power of any addiction or any sin in a moment and you never pick it up again too. So I want you to know that, but I want you to understand earnestness. You should have a desire when you repent to never do what you, what you did ever again and have a desire to live right. So earnestness, the next one, second Corinthians seven eleven. what eagerness to clear yourselves. Second, eagerness to clear yourself. Points one and two can kind of be lumped together. And in some translations, they kind of are lumped together. Uh, but basically this is the Corinthians trying to make sure they would clear themselves of wrongdoing, that they'd clear themselves of wrongdoing. In other words, when we genuinely repent, we should look to clear ourselves of any wrongdoing. What do I mean by clearing ourselves of wrongdoing? that if we have something in our life that we've done that's wrong, we should look to clear our name or to clear ourselves, make sure we got rid of everything that we've done wrong. Everything that we got done wrong. We should look to clear ourselves of all wrongdoing. Get rid of everything that we've done wrong. Get rid of everything that we've done wrong. Clear yourself. You want to make sure that the slate is wiped clean. You want to make sure that, you've, that you're completely right before God. That is a sign of genuine repentance. You'll often find that when people do something wrong, you know, when people do something wrong, that they'll, um, you know, they'll say, you know, yeah, you know, I've been, I've been smoking weed, you know, I've been, you know, I've been drinking, doing this. And you, all right, you know, let, let's bring this before the Lord in repentance. And they'll go and they'll, they'll repent before God. I, I've seen this happen. And then all of a sudden, it's as if they want to, uh, they want to like make sure everything's right. They're like, you know, actually the other day I, I, I was uh, lying to my uh, parents about something. Okay, well, you know, there you go. You know, there's more. And it's almost like in that moment they want to clean themselves or they want to make sure that everything that they've done wrong, that they, that they clear themselves of any wrongdoing in that moment. I, I had a student, I shared this story a little bit last week. They told me about some things they were doing wrong. And after they, they repented for what they did wrong, they said, actually, there's one more thing. And they handed me a vape. That right there is a perfect fruit of repentance, clearing themselves of all wrongdoing. Clearing themselves of all wrongdoing. I forget if I told that story last week, actually. Do you remember if I did? I referenced it. I asked Ben if I referenced it because he's in the back, so if I get confused sometimes, I ask him. But, um, okay, 
Well, maybe I'll hit on that story a little bit later in more detail. No, I'll do it right now. Um, so basically, a student came to me last week, and a student, they, they were convicted because I was talking about sin and, and living right before God, and they were convicted for some things that they were doing wrong. And so I, I basically said to them, like, you know, first I showed them compassion because that's what, uh, that's what Christ would do, uh, show compassion. And, but I didn't just show them compassion and not point them to repentance. I showed, I showed this individual compassion. I gave them a hug. And then I said to them, I said, you know, you can repent and God will forgive you because it says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So we went somewhere and I basically said, you can repent before God right now and I'll, I'll be a witness to it right now. I'll stand, stand right here with you and I'll agree with you in prayer. So this person repented of what they did that was wrong. And then they said, like I just told you at the end, you know, there's actually one more thing. And they went and they took a vape out of their bag and said, I want to get rid of this. And that's actually, I think that's actually going to tie into uh, an, a point that I'm going to hit on a little bit later. But actually, maybe it's this point. I think it is this point. I, I just saw the note right there. I was, thought I was getting ahead of myself. I wasn't. But they wanted to get rid of everything in their life that they were doing that was wrong. And they wanted to make sure that they cleared themselves completely of what they were doing. And so they handed me the vape. And it was funny. I was like a youth pastor walking around with a vape in my pocket for like the, for the next five or 10 minutes. And I was like, my goodness, this would not look good if somebody saw this right now. But uh, I went and I immediately went to my office and I, and I, um, I put it there and I eventually threw it out and I got rid of it completely. Uh, but the fact that that person repented, I could tell it was genuine because they showed fruit of being eager to, eager to clear themselves, eager to get rid of all wrongdoing that they had in their life. So that's the second fruit of repentance is we have earnestness. We just want to do what is right. We have eagerness to clear ourselves or to make sure that we're completely right, that we've gotten rid of everything in our, in our life that's not of God. And then the third thing that it says is it says indignation. Indi indignation. This was an anger at the sin that transpired on their end, the Corinthians. This was an anger that transpired on their end, as well as the individual who spoke poorly of Paul. So this was basically the church in Corinth was angry. They were angry at the idea of sin. The idea that they, they, were, they were indignant over the idea of sin. What does this kind of mean for us? Well, when we sin, we should become angry at the idea of sin when we genu genuinely repent. We're not like angry at ourselves for sinning after we've repented and come before God. None of that type of stuff. I'm not saying to condemn yourself because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But what I am saying is you should be indignant, angry, disgusted with sin when you repent. You should be like, that is sickening. I never want to do that again. That's filthy. That's foul. And you should have such, you should be so indignant, so angry, so disgusted with sin and never want to do it again. That should follow genuine repentance. Sometimes tell pe uh, people tell testimonies like uh, of their past life before they came to Christ as if it was a good thing. Like, oh yeah, you know, oh man. And when I just oh man, when I just put that needle in my arm, 
it was the most amazing feeling of my life. And honestly, sometimes, man, I just want to get back to that feeling of, of the needle in my arm and how it felt. That's not indignation towards sin. That's an enjoyment that you had for sin. I can understand that maybe in the moment that it made you feel good, but the reality is, is that when we have genuine repentance and we, we, have now, we have a godly sorrow that led us to repentance, where when we think about the things that we did in our past, we don't go, man, those were good times. No, we go, man, those were bad times. I hated that. That's disgusting. I saw the things that it did in my life. I saw the things that it produced and I'm indignant towards it. I'm angry towards it. I don't want that thing anymore. You're not angry in a, in a, uh, in a sinful way, angry in a way where it's like at the idea of sin and going back to it. You're upset with it. You're indignant. You're taking a stand and putting your feet in and saying, I never want to go back to that again. That's genuine repentance. It makes me curious of people's repentance when they're not indignant towards sin. When they're not indignant towards uh, the sins that they've committed before. Yeah, you know, I, I remember, man, it felt good to watch porn all the time, man. And sometimes I wish I can go back to it. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. For when I hear people say stuff like that, I'm not saying again that the feeling, the initial feeling of it is not good. And you might not, you might think back and go, that initial feeling was good, but there should have been a genuine like, man, but that was disgusting. And that ultimately led to me going towards death because the wages of sin is death. That ultimately destroyed me. That ultimately ripped me apart. I heard a story one time about a woman and she said during her testimony that, she didn't regret any of her life before Christ. She said, I, the parties were great. You know, the, the sex was great. Um, the fact that I could get, the fact that I, I got married and had a divorce, that was great. And I don't regret that at all. I had fun. And when I heard that, I was like, huh. It just, you know, I'm not gonna say whether or not that person had genuinely repented because that's between them and the Lord. But I found it interesting that there wasn't this fruit of repentance, which is indignation. Indignation. I think sin is disgusting. I think that what I did in my past, that praise God for his grace, praise God that he's forgiven me, but I think that that stuff is disgusting now. No, I don't think that that stuff is fun anymore. No, I don't think I had a good time. I didn't have real fun during that time. We shouldn't be bragging and empowering things that are not of God, we should sit there and go, man, that was a really bad choice, but thank God for his grace. Man, that might've felt good in the moment, but I realized how much sorrow that brought to me. I realized how much evil that brought into my life. And we should be reminded of the grace of God in those moments when we think of those things. Wow. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. Thank God that, he, that I can repent and be forgiven. It should remind you how, how great the grace of God is. It shouldn't remind you about how, well, it was actually kind of fun and I, and I actually really miss it. It's interesting when I hear people say stuff like that. On the contrary, there was Daryl Strawberry who came to minister at our church and I talked to him about his past life. He, didn't, he doesn't even remember his days of playing baseball fondly. He has some fond moments like, yeah, I remember when I hit a home run, that was cool, you know, that type of thing. He doesn't remember the parties and, and that type of stuff fondly at all. 
He thinks of, he thinks of his baseball days as the old Daryl. That was the old Daryl. I like the new Daryl a whole lot better, he said. The old Daryl, because that was him before he put on Christ. But when he put on Christ, the Bible says you become a new creation. And so when he put on Christ, he says, I like the new Daryl a whole lot better. There's, he, said, he said to me when he left, I remember he was leaving and he was walking out of the room and I said goodbye to him. He had preached at our church. And he said, kid, remember this. There ain't nothing out there in the world. That's what he said to me. Kid, remember this. There ain't anything out there in the world. That's exactly what he said to me. And I immediately was like, wow, this is from coming from someone that had it all, that had the money, that had the fame, that had the girls, that had whatever he wanted. And he said, kid, there ain't nothing out there. There ain't nothing out there. That right there is an indignation towards sin. I don't care. No, it wasn't fun. Yeah, it might've felt good for a moment, but it led me to a life of sorrow. Yes, I, you know, you know, yes, I do wish that I didn't do those things in indignation towards sin. Now, God can certainly use those things that we've done in our life and, and use it as a part of our story to go and help other people. Absolutely, I'm not opposed to those things. God can use the things of our past to be able to uh, you know, show us things through them. But God, but people twist it. People think that God like wanted you to like, you know, be like a pothead so that you could learn something from it and have a testimony. That's not true. That's incorrect. God doesn't ever want people to sin. You know, God wanted me to be, you know, a prostitute for his glory or whatever so that he could then use my testimony. No, God used your story because Romans 8, 28 says that he works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God can work anything for his good, 100%. But God didn't make you sin because sin is not of his nature. In fact, James says, when anybody is tempted, don't say that you're tempted by God. Because in order for you to say that God made you sin, that would mean that God was behind your temptation. And the Bible is clear that God does not tempt us. But God can use the things of your past. You don't have to feel condemnation over them anymore. You don't have to feel shame over there. You really and truly, while you might not be happy that you made those decisions in the past, you can let go of regret. You can let go of regret and say, now I'm a new creation in Christ. But certainly, when, those, when you're sharing those testimonies of the things that you did in your past, they shouldn't be glorified and it should be looked at as this time now that I'm in Christ, this life is so much better. And no, I don't wish that I was back to my former life. No, I don't think that that was fun. I think I've made that point pretty clear. Be in indignation towards sin. Be indignant towards sin. Indignant towards sin. You know what? I want to read in, in definition of indignation real quick. I already read it before the broadcast, but I want to. It's an anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. It's an anger or annoyance. An anger or annoyance. I think I covered that pretty clearly. Be indignant towards sin. Have an indignation. Indignation. The Corinthians... This is, uh, many people again believe that Paul was, uh, they, were, they were trying to bash Paul and, and basically drag his name through the mud in the Corinthian church and the Corinthian church was fostering that and they repented from fostering that environment and they had indignation towards, um, towards the situation that took place, indignation. Next, alarm. It says, what alarm? This should be better translated and the word alarm kind of does mean this, 
but it should be better translated fear. Fear. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. People don't teach this what I'm about to teach you right now. People don't teach this anymore. I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything like that. There are still people out there that do, but it's not common anymore. This, should, this is better translated fear as the Greek word used here is phobos. Phobos. And that phobos in the Greek indicates fear. That's what the word is. It's fear. It's not alarm. It's fear. But alarm is basically the same concept, but fear would be the better word here. Listen to this. When we genuinely repent, we should maintain a fear of God. I'm about to rock some people here that are listening right now. You should be afraid of God. No, not in a sense only where you should be reverent towards him in a holy way. You should actually be afraid of God. Yes, he's a loving father. Yes, you know, you embrace his arms, but there is a healthy fear that you have of all authority. There's a healthy fear that you have of all authority. Not where like you're afraid that, you know, they're going to whack you in the head or anything like that. But here's the fear of God that we can have. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Sin will cause, sin will cause us to die. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23. We should have a fear of God and be alarmed by sin. Alarmed by sin. Understand this. God can send, God, God literally can destroy your soul and body in hell. God doesn't send anybody to hell. People's own choice and rejection of Christ will send you to hell. But understand, there is a holy God in heaven that you will stand before one day. And if we don't have Christ, we will stand before him and we will stand before him in fear and trembling. God is a holy God and we need to have a fear of him. When I even think about the idea of sinning, one thing that I should always remember and that you should always remember is that you fear God too much to be able to do something wrong. No, I fear God too much to do that. No, I fear God too much. We should have a fear of God, a holy fear that he is the creator of all things and all powerful. I'm not trying to tell you that when you go and pray before God that you should be like afraid to talk to him. But what I am telling you is that there is a God in heaven and that when we sin and when we do things wrong, when we, when we do things wrong, again, it will drive us further away from God. And when we repent, we should remain in a fear of God where we don't want to sin anymore because we do not want to offend the King of glory. We do not want to offend the Lord of Lords. We do not want to mess with the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus literally says, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid of what he can do to me if I don't serve him and follow him. 
I know I'm in relationship with him. I know he's my loving father now because I'm in a relationship with him. But I still fear. I still fear knowing that if I were to walk away from him, if I were to not, if I were to live a lifestyle of sin with no repentance, understanding that if I were to live in that lifestyle and walk away from God, that he can destroy both my soul and my body, just like Christ said. Understand that. That if you that living in sin should cause living in sin will cause you to stand before the one one day that can destroy both your soul and body in hell. We should have a fear of God. I fear him too much to do to sin because I know what he'll do to those that have chosen to sin against him. Fear God. Have an alarm. Repentance, we should have an alarm. We should have a fear of God when we repent where I don't want to do that anymore because I fear God too much. Hallelujah. So we did earnestness. We did eagerness to clear ourselves, indignation and fear or alarm. You know what? I think I'm going to end it right here today because we have three more that we're going to cover. And so I hope that you guys learned something about some fruits of repent, repentance. There are, those are four fruits of repentance that we should have, and there's seven, and we're going to go over the next three next week. Earnestness, eagerness to clear ourselves, indignation, alarm or fear, and then next week we're going to hit the last uh, three things. The next three things. I hope that this encouraged you today. You can see genuine repentance in the life of a person by these fruits that will follow them. The same way that you could see if someone's a Christian by the fruit that follows their life is the same way you could see a repentant heart by the fruit that follows their life. Understand this, that God's grace is sufficient for you today. If you've done wrong today and you know that you've done wrong before God, you can repent. You can change your mind. And you'll see those fruits in your life. Trust me, you will. If you have that genuine heart of repentance, you will see these fruits in your life. Amen. I pray this word touched you, blessed you. Next week, make sure to come back for the completion of this teaching about the uh, fruits of repentance. We love you guys so much. Uh, come to Impact next Wednesday at 6.30. We're starting a series called Fear Not. Fear Not. And it's going to be powerful and I'm excited for it. God bless you guys. We love you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless. God bless.